0: we just ask that you would move in our hearts tonight. God, we we have come here, God, because we want to hear from you. God, we've come here tonight to receive from you. And God, you don't make no mistakes, but God, you're about divine appointments. And God, we are one of them tonight. And we thank you for that. And we praise you for that. We love you for that. In Jesus name. Come on, shout amen in the house. Come on, take your hand and high five two people around you and say, come on, I love summer. I love summer. Lenny's, Lenny's high five, and I love summer. There you go. Hey, so great to see every one of you, and so great to have you here for a celebration tonight. Can I hear a celebration in the hands? <laughs> Baptism, uh, just a great celebration. And just before I get into my message tonight, I want to give you a sneak peek from Sunday morning. You do not want to miss Sunday. Has anyone ever been offended or hurt by somebody? We're going to be preaching a message on Sunday called, Love Like You Have Never Been Hurt. Love Like You Have Never Been Hurt. So you need to be here Sunday, because if you're not, I'll be offended. (laughs) Remember, offense is never given, it's only ever received. So tonight I want to talk about all in with Christ. Can you say that with me tonight? All in with Christ. I know that many of you have perhaps heard a baptismal message before, and I appreciate that. And there's only really so much you can say about the same thing. But I just really felt led tonight just to really lay out again what baptismal is. Because I just had this feeling when I was preparing this message that some tonight would be sitting there and saying, you know what, that's a decision that I need to make for my life. And we prepared for you. We have a towel for you. You may say, well, what about dry clothes? Just turn your AC off in your car. You'll be good to go home. It's hot enough outside. You're not going to die. You're, you're going to be okay. You, it's going to be good. And, and just so I really want you to listen because I want you to understand how baptismal is a, a statement that you make publicly that you are all in with Christ. During the month of October every year, As a church, we like to look at Bible stories. I know we preach from the Bible every week, but we go through the Bible greats is what we call it, talking about, you know, Noah and the flood and talking about David and Goliath, just the Bible greats. A lot of stories that I knew growing up in Sunday school, but we discovered about four years ago, a lot of people didn't know all the Bible stories. And so we present in that. And one thing that we discover in October, and we're excited again to be doing that this year, is we look at every year how can their story become my story? How can their story become my story? And when it is, how can my life, therefore, be changed forever? And I believe that every one of our lives can be changed forever when God has complete control over our lives. And I believe for many tonight, those who have signed up, and perhaps you tonight, another chapter of your story, another chapter of your life is going to begin tonight, and it's going to begin through baptism. Here's what we teach and believe about baptism, and that is this. We believe that baptism is both a, what, demonstration and an activation. Say that with me, demonstration and activation. And I want to go on a journey to discover that tonight. And if you already know this, then great. You can just amen me. You can just agree with me and just celebrate with those who perhaps don't know tonight. So I want to talk about the demonstration first part of being baptized. The sense of being publicly baptized as Jesus did. And Jesus is the greatest role model that we have ever faced. I'm going to go to Mark chapter 1 verse 9 through 11, and it says, and it came to pass. Man, I love when the Bible says that because something great's about to happen. I love that statement. And it came to pass that in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth to Galilee and he was baptized by John in the Jordan. Can you turn me down a little bit, Fred? That would be great. And immediately coming out of the water, he saw the heavens parted and the Spirit descended upon him like a dove. And then a voice came from heaven said, you are my Beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. I love that. Well pleased. It doesn't just say I'm pleased. You're my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Well pleased. There was the demonstration of what happened when Jesus went to be baptized. The heavens opened. There was a voice. There was a dove as Jesus was baptized. And that represents the outward sign that's happened and taken place because of an inward change. Every one of us are changed through salvation. But now through baptism, we represent that as an outward sign showing the world what Jesus has done on the inside. And we see that, look, from Romans chapter 6, we see this from the Message Bible, and it says this, that what bapti- that's what baptism into the life of Jesus means. When we are lowered into the water, it's like the burial of Jesus. When we are raised out of the water, It is like the resurrection of Jesus. And each one of us is raised into a light-filled world by our Father so we can see where we're going in our new sovereign country. I love that. We are represented, going under, dead. We come up resurrected. And then it says we are raised into a light-filled world. That's a demonstration. Something happens. Amen. There's a new life that there is for every one of us, and and what God has for every one of us. I love what Chris Hodges says of water baptism. He says this it's the wedding ring of salvation. It shows the world that I belong to somebody. It's that public declaration I'm all in with God. It's that wedding ring, that symbol and demonstration of my life. What has happened in my life, I'm leaving the past behind. Come on, it's a burial of the old life. It's a separation from the old life and now a commitment to a new life in Christ. So that's the demonstration, but there's something else. With the act of doing the demonstration, now comes a response from God that I want to call the activation. The activation. Why is that? Because in baptism we see two things right here. In the baptism of Jesus, we see that the heavens were opened. The heavens were parted. The New Living Translation said split open. I love that. Because to me, that represents God removing any obstacles and anything that was between Him and His Son. Come on, there weren't no clouds. There was nothing in the way. The heavens opened and it was like God had a clear view. An open heaven. And then the second thing we see was there was a voice from heaven. And it wasn't just a voice. It was the voice of heaven. I tell, let me say that again. It wasn't just any voice of heaven. It was the voice of heaven. It was God saying, that's my son. That's my boy. That's my daughter. I am well pleased with them. Come on, in whom, one translation says, I have great delight. So many times we feel that we failed God and we let God down. But if we could just see through everything, if the heavens could be just open tonight, we would see God looking down and we would hear Him saying, well done, I love you. You are the one in whom I have great delight. How incredible it must have been for Jesus that day to hear the love, the acceptance, and the approval of His Father. That was so powerful, I believe, to Him. You know what it's like when someone gives you a kind word? You know what it's like when someone encourages you? When someone looks you square in the eye and says, come on, you were made for more than that, man. You kind of square your shoulders back and you begin to say, come on, let's go. That, yeah, that's me. That's, that's who I Yeah, I'm a child of the king. Yeah, yeah, he's my dad. Something changes inside of you. Now, I hate to break it to you, but we're probably not going to hear a voice from heaven tonight. Hello. Probably not going to hear a voice from heaven tonight. We're probably not going to see the skies split apart. We're probably not going to turn the news on at 9 o'clock and say, something happened on Florida Boulevard tonight about 8 o'clock. And the skies are open and everyone's just looking up like this. It's Probably not going to happen physically in the way that we think it should maybe happen. But I'm telling you, just because we don't hear a voice and we don't see the skies split apart. It certainly does not mean that the heavens are not open to you. And it certainly does not mean that God's approval has been taken or removed because his approval is there. Because I believe that when we are obedient to God, because that's what baptism is, it's an act of obedience to God. I believe that when we're obedient to God, his approval is all over that. It doesn't make you more saved. Oh, I'm going to get baptized. I'm more saved. You can never be more saved. There's a process called sanctification. means you're, you're a little bit more holy. Does anyone know what I'm talking about with that? Remember those curse words that you used to say that you don't say so much anymore? That's the sanctification part. That God's cleaning you up. That God's helping you. That those things that you wanted to do. But the salvation part, you're not halfway into heaven. You're either saved or you're not. I said it doesn't make you more saved because you are never more saved than the day you give your life to Christ. Because that moment, you have everything that you need to be pleasing to God. And yes, there's that process of sanctification and He's working through us. But I really believe it's not making you more saved, but it's taking another step into your Christian experience and your Christian life. And it's pretty amazing we read the story of Jesus being baptized and the heavens and the voice and the dove and just people there and witnessing all that kind of stuff. But do we really realize what happened next? Does anyone know what happened next? Quickly, anyone know what happened next? Straight after he was baptized, anyone know what happened? He went to the wilderness. Look at the very next verse. We finished at verse 11 before. Look at verse 12. Immediately, so he's just been baptized. He's come up out of the water. God said, my approval is all over you. And immediately, right there, he's not even allowed to get dry. He didn't even get home and change his clothes. Immediately, the Spirit then leads him. And the thought here is it literally drives him. But maybe the thought more is this, it sends him. The Spirit sent him out into the wilderness. And verse thirteen says, And he was there in the wilderness forty days while he was tempted by Satan. He was with the wild beasts, beast beasts, and then the angels came and ministered to him. Mark does not give the account of all the details of the temptations because he went through three different temptations as Satan came to him one after the other. And I like the fact, really, maybe, that Mark doesn't go into great details of that. And here's the reason why. You ready? Just a side note. I think too many times we give Satan too much credit. I think we talk about him too much. I think we talk about our old life and what we used to do too much. We glorify the past instead of glorifying the experience that changed us into what we are right now. Do I hear an amen in the house? And it's not that we deny, it's not that we cover up, it's not that we forget. We need to remember those things. But we've got to ask ourselves, am I glorifying the drugs and the sex and the alcohol more than the experience with God? And so I like in some ways how Mark presents it. He was tempted, there was wild animals, but Jesus and the angels came and ministered to him. And kind of got through it. My grandfather years ago used to hate when they would sing that song in Sunday school. Well, remember that song you perhaps sang in Sunday school? Is The devil is a sly old fox. If I could catch him, I'll put him in a box. Anyone ever remember that one? I'll put him in a box and throw away the keys for all the tricks he's played on me. Well, we would start singing that. And my grandfather said, man, who's teaching you that? We said, man, but they learning that in Sunday school. My grandpa, he was the head of the church. He went to the Sunday school leader and said, you are not going to teach our kids that anymore because we're not going to sing songs about the devil. And I always remember that as a kid. He looked at us and said, we're not going to glorify the devil. He is a sly old fox. And that's why we're not going to deal with him and sing with him and make something of him. So here's Jesus in the wilderness, 40 days. No food. That was tough. I said, that's tough. Have you ever tried at least even one day without food? 40 days without food. He's starving and he's been tempted. That was not good, but it was God. Come on, it maybe wasn't good, but it was God. How do we know it was God? Because he overcame. Because he was victorious. God was in it. It was what he needed to happen before his ministry would begin. And he had to go through those things and realize, hold on a second. It's not in who I am, but it is in who I serve. And it's who I trust in. And the gifts and what God has given me is not to be used for my gain, he realized, but for the kingdom to be established and built. And when Jesus or God saw that of his son, he says, now he can do the work that I've called him to do here on this earth. And here's one reason why I believe Jesus overcame. Obviously, there are so many. But here's one of the reasons why I believe he overcame. And that was this, because he went into the wilderness knowing his identity. He went in there knowing who he was. He went in there knowing that God, his father, was proud of him. He went in there knowing that God's approval was all over him. Why? Because he just heard the words, Well done, my son. I'm well pleased with you. And I'm telling you, there's something happens when we get the approval of God and we realize the approval of God that's upon our lives. Let me ask you a question in sports. Anyone like sports? Let me ask you a question. How important is home field advantage? Because it can change a whole game. Why is that? Home field, you don't have different players on the field. It's the same people on the court or on the field. But what happens? When you're in the enemy's camp, they're booing you. Ooh, ooh, you stink. Drop the ball. There's no motivation in that. But when you're at home, what are they saying? Come on! They're chanting your name. They're cheering you. And what does it do? It lifts the spirits of everyone. And most times, that home field advantage usually results in a victory as they lift you up. Come on, that changes everything. And think about that. Jesus went into the wilderness with home field advantage. He went in there pumped up and ready to go. The most challenging time of his life, probably outside of the cross, was what he had to endure in that wilderness before he started his ministry. But he went into it with his father's approval. Listen to me. We're not promised smooth sailing in life, are we? But we're promised the greatest captain to steer our ship. Come on, we're not promised life without storms, are we? Right. But we have the great anchor yeah. that will keep us safe and secure. And to know that and to be reminded of that, I believe, is so important. You see, it's not about just getting wet, it's not about just going under the water. That's the symbolic thing of it but I really believe that baptism can be a life-changing experience for your life. It can be a moment where you just make that declaration and everything inside of you can completely change. A new day, a new season for your life. Let me show you a story quickly from God's Word, and I don't want to keep you much longer. Acts 8, 26-38. And it says, Now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, Saying, can, can we just note right now how to spell Philip? I just want you to know that. Every one of you, not two L's, you will do it wrong, just one L. Thank you very much. Not bitter, I'm just better. There you go. And, uh, now, the angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go towards the south, along the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. And notice what it says this is desert. Say that, say that with me this is desert. Or a deserted place is what it means. So can you imagine Philip's just minding his own business. God says, I want you to go here. It's a desert. I'm sure here's what he says. God, did I hear you right? I mean, really? There's nothing here. But what does he do? He obeys and he follows. Why? Because he has the fear of God. He's living in the way of wisdom. That's what we talked about Sunday. He's obeying. It may not look right, but he's obeying what God has called him to do because he's walking in godly wisdom. And it says, so he arose and went. The thought literally is here is as he went. So as he goes, something happened. Sounds a lot like the 10 lepers. Remember in the Bible? Jesus says, go and show yourself to the priest. They're like, man, you can't touch us, pray for us, what's the deal? Jesus says, go. They could have so easily said, no, we ain't going to go because we want something right here. But the Bible says, as they went, a miracle took place. You see, as we're obedient and we're doing what God has called us to do, we are creating the atmosphere for miracles to happen all around us. We're waiting for a miracle where we need to step up so the miracle will happen. Come on, do I hear an amen? And not because you're producing the miracle, but God's waiting for your obedience to work together. Come on, God's working all things together. For our good. So he arose and he went. And behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all of her treasury. He had come to Jerusalem to what? To worship. So here's a high-ranking court official. Obviously, in some shape or form, a God-fearing man. He's a Gentile who was worshipping the Jewish God. Verse 28, And he was returning and sitting in his chariot He was reading Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit came to Philip, 1L, go near and overtake that chariot. And here's the reason why. Suddenly he realizes why he's in the deserted place. Because as he goes, this man appears. Now suddenly it's becoming so clear to him. So Philip runs to him and he heard him reading from the prophet Isaiah. Why is that? That was the way they would read in those days. They would read aloud. They would read it out loud. So Philip says to him, do you understand what you are reading? And the eunuch said, how can I understand unless someone guides me? That's the importance of being in church. That's the importance of being here today. Because some things you're not going to understand, you need guiding, shepherding, leading through the seasons and the courses of life. How can I know some, unless someone guards, guides me? And he asks Philip to come up and sit with him. You've got to picture this, okay? Philip's like running full speed having this conversation. Man, what are you reading? You know what are you reading? <laughs> and then finally the story goes that he says, man, come up here. They stop the chariot. Philip comes up with him. And what's just happened is this. Here's a God-ordained moment, set up by God. And through Philip's obedience, it ain't happening. I believe tonight this is a God-ordained moment. I believe this is set up by God. And something happens that when we are obedient to God. And the Bible says out of all the places he could have been reading in Scripture, he was reading about Jesus. Isaiah 53, 7 and 8 actually was where he was reading. And it says, and he was led as a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb before its shearer is silent, but he opened not his man. And in his humiliation, his justice was taken away. And who will declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. It's amazing. Think about this. Here's a man that the Bible says went to Jerusalem to worship God. He's just come back from worshiping God, but yet he's reading about the God he's worshipped and he's clueless, To who it is. He makes no connection between the two. So obviously he's worshipping something he doesn't fully understand. And I'm glad of that. And I think there's a point that we need to see in that. Because I'm glad tonight that I don't have to completely understand everything about God in order to worship Him, in order to have a relationship with Him. Amen? That I can re- worship Him and, uh, and have that relationship with Him, however that may be. But you know what? No matter how much, I can still trust Him and still believe that for Him. And I think that's a good thing. Amen? I said, I think that's a good thing. Come on, just take a praise break for two seconds and just give Him a thank in the house. Hey! what? Hey, Maybe 10 seconds. 34. So the eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask you, whom is this prophet speaking? Is he speaking of himself or some other man? Again, can you see he's clueless? But he's looking in the right place. You may not have all the answers, but you're here tonight. You're in the right place. I said you're in the right place. You're going to find God when you keep coming. That's why we do church, so people would know God. Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning at the scriptures, he preached Jesus to him. Man, man, I've got to keep going because we've got to baptize. But can can I just say that to you? That's our goal here at this church. Encounter church, we're going to preach Jesus. We're not going to have fluff and stuff in here. It's not about man's opinions and what we think. We're going to preach the Word of God. Why? Because it's only the Word of God that's going to change a heart, save a heart, deliver a heart, reconcile a family, heal a marriage, set people free from drugs, alcohol and bondage. Come on, Jesus is the only one that can say, heal and deliver. Verse 36, now they went down the road and... They came to some water and the eunuch said to Philip, See, here is some water. What hinders me from being baptized? It doesn't tell us exactly what Philip had taught him. But towards the end of the teaching, I believe Philip began to talk about how Jesus was taken and he went up to heaven. But just before he left, he left a great commission. And that was his commandment that Jesus gave to his followers when he left. And the Great Commission goes something like this, go into all the world and preach the gospel, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and of the Holy Ghost. And so as he begins to share this, the eunuch says, stop everything. I, I want to make a salvation experience and there's some water over there. I want to be baptized. And that's what they would often do back then. As soon as they gave their life to Christ, they would immediately be water baptized. And what that meant for so many of that day was this, that they were put in their lives at risk for the new faith that they had found. They were going to be persecuted, many of them, and even give their lives up for following Christ. But they weren't interested in being a secret agent Christian. They weren't interested in just kind of doing it half-heartedly. They wanted to be all in. So when they gave their life to Christ, they said, come on, baptize me. Why? Because they wanted everyone around them to see the change and what God had done for them. But not only what God had done for them, who God meant to them. Again, never producing salvation. Some wrongly teach that, that water baptism is part of your salvation experience. No, It's obedience to it, but it's not that which saves you. If that was the case, you could be saved every time you took a bath. Saved every time you took a shower. That's not what it's about. But it's an obedience to Christ in regards to the inward change, an outward expression, a what? Demonstration so an activation can take place. Where are we? Verse 37, then Philip said, If you believe with all your heart, then you may. And the eunuch answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So he commanded the chariot to stand still and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and Philip baptized him there. Great story. I said great story. That God sent someone and changed the course of someone's life to find someone who needed that. that. That can be our story every day. Oh, I hate where I work. I hate the people around me. No, maybe you need to see it. Maybe it's a deserted place, but you need to have an eye-opening experience to realize that God's put you in there to reach Jesus to them, to preach Jesus, to live Jesus, to be Jesus, to bring Jesus into their lives. And as a result of that obedience of Philip, a man's life was completely changed and he was baptized and he made a declaration to all. I believe that he probably was a very wealthy man because of his position. I believe his clothing and everything he had was probably very wealthy. And that man stripped all his wealth aside and he went into that water with probably just a a garment on. And I thought, what a beautiful picture. No matter what we think we can have in life, those things mean nothing. I said, those things are nothing when it comes to Christ. And there was a demonstration, I believe, in an activation that took place in his life. That man's life was never the same again. He found what he had been searching for. And I need to close. But I want to give us a moment, or give us a moment in a few, give us an opportunity, rather, in a few moments for us to be able to have that same experience. But before I do, I want to quickly give you three reasons why I believe every believer should be baptized. You ready? Number one. Because Jesus commands us to do so. That should be enough all by itself. We shouldn't need anything more than that. If Jesus wants that, that's what I want. That scripture, Matthew 28, 19 says, Jesus' commission, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Jesus commands us to baptize and to do those things. Second thing is, it's a public confession of our faith. I'm all in with Jesus, the wedding ring of my salvation. I'm no longer afraid. I'm no longer ashamed. And I love that scripture. Mark 8 verse 38 says this, For whoever is ashamed of me and my words, God says I'll be also ashamed of them before my Father. Come on, we're not ashamed of what we are. It's a public confession. I'm all in with God. I don't want to be a secret agent Christian. I want the world to know the change that God has done in my life. And number three, it's an act of obedience. Obedience. I believe when we're obedient, it will strengthen our commitment to God. It will help us in our walk with God as we identify in His death and burial and as we follow His example. You see, look at this statement. Baptism is not a religious ritual. It's an experience that both demonstrates and activates the power of God in and through our lives. Kerry Underwood, there's no magic in the water. But I do believe that there's an experience to have through being obedient through your life. It doesn't save you, but it shows the world that you're saved. Michael, you can come back. You know, when we baptize people, we give them a t-shirt. And on the T-shirt, it has the words, I have decided. I have decided. Some people say, man, I want a T-shirt. Sorry, you have to be baptized. But those words, I have decided, are very important. And I want, whenever you wear that shirt, when you go through, I want you to realize what that means, because I just want to tell you the story quickly, and some of you have heard it before. I have decided were the last words that a man in... A same, northeast India would say. In the 19th century, he and his family decided against everything that was happening of that day to follow Jesus. It wasn't a popular decision. But he and his family had an incredible experience with God that changed their life. They were called to renounce their faith. The village chief got everyone together and put them in the square and they were told, demanded, You've got to denounce your faith. To which he, he declared, I have decided to follow Jesus. In response, they began to threaten him and say, if you don't, we're going to kill your wife and we're going to kill your family. And he continued, though none go with me, still I will follow. And the story says that his wife was drugged out in front of him and she was brutally murdered right in front of him while he stood there saying, no turning back, no turning back. The cross before me, the world behind me, no turning back. They ended up killing him and his family that day. But that's not the end of the story. Because of his display of faith, it's reported to have led to the conversion of that chief of that village. He was so impacted and moved by seeing someone who would not denounce what they believed, even as those around him were taken and murdered in his own life. But yet he held to his belief and he held to his faith. And it wasn't just the chief of that village, but they say most of his village. Gave their life to Christ because of that. So here's my question today. Have you decided today? Have you decided to live for Him? Still not too late if you want to be water baptized. We've got a towel, as I said earlier, for you. But we're just going to pray. Can you just bow your heads all over this place today? We're going to give you, as parents, in a few moments, an opportunity to go and pick up your kids from E-Kids, the nursery. And we're going to all be in here together. The youth may join us or not. We don't know yet. Praying that the youth don't join us because that means God is moving in the youth tonight. Excited night in the youth tonight. That was their first youth band played and led worship for their youth tonight. Isn't that exciting? It's excited about what God is doing. But just bow your heads all over this place. Do you know Jesus? I mean, really, do you know him? Because that's how our first stop has to always be our first stop, is giving our lives to Christ, surrendering everything to Christ. Is there anyone here tonight that would lift up their hand and say, Pastor, would you pray for me? I want to give my life to Christ. Is there anyone? Is there anyone? Is there anyone? Precious Jesus. Anyone today? Precious Jesus, you can all look at me right now. I wonder tonight if you want to make that fresh declaration. I wonder tonight if you want to say, you know, I've kind of been sprinkled as a child. I, I got baptized years ago. But you can honestly say now that you're in a different place to where you've ever been before. And you want to make a public declaration to everyone here in the world tonight. I'm all in with Jesus. And if that's you, we'd love to include you and you can be a part of that. And you can be a part of what we're doing tonight. But just before we do that, let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I thank you tonight that you are so awesome. I thank you, God, that you're incredible, God, that there is none like you. God, as we come to you, God, we have great confidence. God, I pray tonight that we would see every obstacle removed and that we would hear your voice tonight saying, Well done, I'm well pleased with you. That, God, we would know your approval. That we would know, God, that you're just all over this. And, God, that you want to bless us and that you want to help us and you want to strengthen us in our lives. And, God, we pray, God, right now that your blessing would be upon this time as we get ready to be baptized. God, as we get ready to go through, God, and say, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. The cross before me, the world behind me, no turning back. No turning back. And pray, God, this would not only be a demonstration, but it would be an activation. That something would just change in our hearts and lives like never before. That God, as we go under God, symbolic of what you've done in our lives, God, we would come up into a newness of life. That we would come into a light-filled life. God, of blessing, of peace, and of strength. Why? Because God, anytime we're obedient to you, and God, do what your word asks us to do, we will never be disappointed. And we thank you for that. We praise you for that tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 If you want-